1: You can follow him on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir?
0: Not much. We're getting so close. I mean, it's uh, it's crazy. I, I, this weekend is turning out to be quite an event uh, of, of a confluence of many different parts of the world, but uh, none more uh, of a crown jewel than the, the NFL draft. And I'm super excited. as Even though we're not really involved on Thursday, it doesn't seem like... Uh, it'll be it'll be fun to watch just how it all unfolds because of how bizarre it looks like it's going to be this year.
1: It just seems like this entire first round is going to be bizarre too, which is going to make it interesting for you no know, Cowboys fans to at least watch because we have no idea who's going number one. Seems like there could be a bunch of trades inside the top five or seven picks. Uh, the Raiders are are a mess. I mean, it's easiest way to put it. Yeah. So it'll be fun TV drama on Thursday night and then Friday we'll get to sit down and talk about the, the running back the, the Cowboys ashes. picked up.
0: <laughs> yeah. We'll pick the,
1: the, and see what the uh, the Cowboys pick at 58. Um, Alright, so on today's show, uh, we're just kind of winding down until the draft, and we're going to just talk about a few of our favorite players in the class. Uh, not necessarily guys that we think are the best players in the class, but ones that we enjoyed watching that we think will become good NFL players. So Landon, I will let you go
0: first. Who is one of your most fun players to watch this pro- draft process? Well, I I want to talk about him because I feel like you know I've been trying to bring his name up a, a little bit over the last week and just trying to kind of figure out where everyone is on this guy because it's he's had a roller coaster sort of draft process, uh, and that's Draymond Jones from uh, Ohio State. Mm. You know, he he clearly has great tape, I and mean, I think when people start digging into the tape. Um, you know, they, that's, people got excited about him. I mean, there was talk, you know, early on pre combine, uh, about him being a, a target at 58, you know, and, 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 and things like that. And, and being in the, just, you know, in the, in the discussion, you know, he, he goes out and runs a really bad three cone, um, and do, just generally does seven, seven, one. Yeah, yeah. Just generally just does not have a good, great combine, um, or at least, you know, not the combine that everyone expected, because his t- the tape shows a really athletic player, right? And 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 so when that when when the comp numbers didn't match up with that, um, you know, I think a lot of people just it, it became a situation where he fell out of people's minds, and 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 people stopped talking about him in general. Um, I still really like the tape, and uh, I I still kind of believe in, in what I saw there, and I think he has. Uh, I think there is a skill set to playing that position, and I think he has it. He has the ability to get small and get uh, skinny through cracks. Uh, I just think he's really good at getting up the field and, and, and disrupting, and I think that that has value. So uh, I like watching him a lot. I'm not exactly sure. I have no idea, actually, at this point what his draft stock is. I would, I would be... I would not be shocked if he was taken at the beginning of the second round. I would not be shocked if he was taken in the fourth round. Uh, That wouldn't shock me. So I I just don't know where. I mean, I think it's one of those situations when you're an undersized defensive tackle who doesn't, you know, test athletically. uh, You're going to need a team to to believe in you and have a fit for your, you know, very particular skill set. Um, on their team and I I think that could cause him to potentially fall or it could just be one team liked him knows exactly what he is and takes him with their second round pick it's uh, he's anywhere in between there but I like Draymond Jones and I'm not necessarily scared off by his his tape I mean by his numbers numbers, sorry
1: right right it it won't surprise me at all if we get to, to Friday and we're at pick 69 70 and we're having a discussion okay if draymont jones and tristan hill are both available at 90 who are you picking it, 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 that won't surprise me at all because i think like you mentioned the teams are going to be scared off by not only the numbers but also the size came in at 6 281 pounds i think there's going to be teams wondering if he can be a full-time three technique so uh, i his tape is good but i i think you kind of nailed that player right there um Let's talk about one of my favorite guys in the draft, and we've talked about him a lot in the show, Uh, Darnell Savage uh, from Maryland. Um, Is he necessarily a fit on this Cowboys team? I'm not sure, but, man, I love his tape. Uh, It's a guy who has been a team captain back-to-back years at Maryland, Uh, a special team star, started his career at cornerback. He's got all the athleticism in the world to play, basically any spot you want him to play in the secondary. Um, I know people are a little bit worried about his weight at 198, Oh, man, I, I, I just love how aggressive he is and his ball skills. Uh, 22 career pass deflections, 4 interceptions last season, 8 total. Uh, I just think he's a guy in a passing league that's going to have a lot of value because if you need him to cover slot receivers, you can do that. If you need him to be a single high safety, he can do that as well. He can even come down in the box and be like a nickel backer if you need him to. Uh, I'm a big, big fan of Darnell Savage. But Any thoughts on the player before we move on?
0: I mean, I, I'm a big fan, too. I mean, I think his his skill set is one that, you know, just kind of the opposite of Draymond Jones, where uh, I, I think anybody could use a player like Savage. Now, I, I don't know that, um, you know, you don't draft... I mean, unless you're looking for a defensive back specifically, like, I, I don't think you draft for his skill set. He is a versatile player that you draft because you're trying to inject talent into your defensive backfield. That You know, like I you agree. don't necessarily draft him right. to play a, a specific position. You draft him so you can p- kind of plug him in wherever you need him in, in your defensive backfield and let him play multiple spots because I think that's where he has talent. He has a good understanding of, of how uh, the game works, and uh, he, he marries his brain to his feet very well. When he's, when he I'm sees not he, saying he that he's.
1: Go. I mean, he's not this player, but he can be used in this way. It, it, very similar to like Tyron Matthew, where depending on the, the yeah, Matthew depending, yeah. depending on what you have on your defense, he can kind of play a lot of different positions.
0: Yeah, it's not that he won't be good. Just it, it, it's not that he wouldn't be good if you just stuck him at cornerback and made him play there. I think he would be just fine. I just think that you're going to get the most out of him. When you agree, when you yes. you, you know, tap into that versatility and, and yeah. kind of play him in a whole bunch of different spots,
1: absolutely. All right, Landon, give us your next one. Uh,
0: my next guy is, and, and no surprise if you've been watching the show, Wan uh, Williams. Um, I mm. I've I, I just you know when I turned on the tape, I just love how smooth he is for how big he is. I just think he moves in a way that is impressive. Um, he has a lot of experience against good competition, um, and I just you know I think there's. I like the idea of this guy, I mean, you know, when you're, when you play at Vanderbilt, like, and you're a draft eligible player, especially the top, you know, 65 picks, let's say 68, you know, top three rounds, let's say top 90 picks. Right. You're you're by far the best player on your team. Like you're the only good player. I mean Vanderbilt like rarely puts out players in the draft. They don't really have a, a you know of the of the SEC football programs, they are definitely the the bottom of the the, the barrel. You know, and so what, this guy's going out there and he's the best player on his team every week against the best in in the best league in football. You know, so uh, college football. So I, I think. You know he's got a lot of experience of it all being on his shoulders and him, you know, trying to perform with that on him. Um, and and like I said, a lot of experience against quality receivers. And again, and again, a, a great fit for what this team looks for. I mean, a big guy who moves smoothly. He obviously would be a great fit in this scheme and a cover three, cover one scheme. So uh, I, I think you know, what, just watching him, it was easy to kind of fall in love with the tape.
1: Yeah, I I I think he's a good player. I think you, you nailed it there. Um if, if you just throw away the Georgia tape, I think you're looking at like maybe a first-round cornerback because other than that Georgia game, I mean, he was spectacular all season long. Yeah. But man, that that one game just kind of sticks in my mind where Terry Godwin and Miko Hardman kind of had a field day against him and it just makes me a little nervous about him on the but next level. At the time, Is that fair? Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah, but the, his uh, the other side of that, his best tape is Ole Miss, where he plays against an even higher quality uh, caliber of of wide receiver and and completely basically shuts him down. So, you know, I I think is he... uh, Perfect fit to go against any cornerback. I don't think he's a fit for every team and for every scheme. I don't want him playing man to man versus McCall, Holdem, Hardman. I think that's a pretty bad idea, defensive scheme wise. So don't do, don't put him in the spots where he can't do those things. I think that's a pretty straightforward right. coaching solution, and I think you know, I think he will be a good fit for a system like this where. He will have, uh, you know, a, a lot more opportunity to avail himself of the skill set that he has in this system.
1: I agree. I, I still think if that's the pick at fifty-eight, I'm not upset no, about that of at course all. Not. I, I have him a little lower than that, but I, I listen compared to some of the other names that have been kind of mentioned and rumored around. I I, I like that. I think Joe Juan can be a high-level starting quarterback in the NFL. Um. All right, my next guy is a day three receiver. Uh, in Stanley Morgan Jr., we've talked about him a lot on this show. I think in every single mock draft or I mean, every simulator that we've done, I've kind of campaigned to draft him in the you know the fourth fifth round, and that's just because I like his versatility. He is a an above average athlete, uh, six foot two hundred two pounds. Uh, ran a four five three at his uh, or at the combine, so not overly fast, uh, but the three cone of six seven eight is good. Short shuttle four, one, three, 38 and a half inch broad jump or vertical jump. Uh, He was the first player ever in Nebraska history to eclipse a 1,000 receiving yards. He's just really tough, not afraid to go across the middle and just uber competitive. Um, And my kind of argument for him with Dallas the whole time is, listen, I think he's kind of a cross between Noah Brown and Alan Hearns and if you want to save a roster spot and get a little bit younger, I think you could take Morgan and probably get rid of Hearns and Brown. So. Uh, on day three, if you're looking for a third or fourth receiver on a team that gives you
0: versatility, I like Stanley Morgan. Uh, any thoughts on Morgan? I, you know, I kind of have probably three people that I really like to listen to when it comes to you know, especially down the draft wide receivers. Uh, you are one of them, and the other two being uh, Matt Waldman and Matt Harmon. Um, they're two very good. Waldman uh, is obviously one of the best in general for for skill players, uh, and, and Harmon is specifically with reception, perception, of the things he does. There are very very good with what he does as well. Um, all three of you guys, it feels like individually on your own, got excited about th- thinking that you were. Uh, Unleashing uh, uh, this guy on, onto the world, like it, it's, Morgan, Stanley Morgan Jr.'s name came excitedly uh, out of the mouths of all three of you guys, thinking at the time that you, I heard you say it the first time uh, that that you were like, "Oh, this is my sleeper," and it was just so funny that like like all three both came up with the same name of all these guys in this draft, uh, right. all three, right. and, and I think it's a tribute to what this guy can do. I mean, if you watch the tape, it's it's he's just uh, you know he's smooth. He's so violent coming out of his breaks. I mean, out of his out of his, uh, out of his uh, stance. He's got long arms. I you know, he's got great length, which I think really helps his catch radius. I mean, he's just he has. It's not that he necessarily has a dominant single dominant trait that that like you hang your hat on. It's just that he's very good at all a lot of different things he's just he seems to be the sum of his parts uh, are better than the individual pieces so um, mm-hmm. I, I just it's, it's exciting to hear three different people that you really really respect about the position all kind of glowingly speak about a guy who I mean at this point I don't know how how much of a uh, underrated he is You know, right? I think, <laughs> I'm starting, I'm starting to think it's, he's starting to right. be like more of a, uh, a situation where he's he's <laughs> climbing boards late in the process
1: it's not that I think I think Matt Waldman and, and Matt Harmon would agree. It's not that we think he's going to be a star receiver no. in the NFL, but he's just one of those players that is going to be on a roster. He's going to find playing time, and he's just going to make enough plays to to certainly warrant a, a day three pick. And listen, when you get to that point in the draft, you're just trying to find guys that can make your roster. And I think Stanley Morgan can do uh, even more than that. So. Um, all right, Landon. Let's give us your third guy. Who is your third favorite player to watch this class?
0: Well, I mean, I feel like this is a cop out, and I felt like it was a cop out when I said his name. But you let me put him in here, so I've, I'm, I'm going to go ahead. Um, a, a Taylor Rapp. I mean, he's it's a great he's player, just yeah. so much fun to watch. I mean, and, and you know, clearly, uh, uh, there's a reason you know he was sh- it was a shocking he ran uh, the 40. I mean, at that speed, because you know, he, uh, I think none of us were surprised that he ran a slow. Ish forty. I don't think any of us thought that he was, you know, going to go out there and run a four five or a four four. Um, but I, I think you know when you watch him on tape. I mean, he he doesn't struggle getting anywhere. He you know he he seems to. He has that kind of Sean Lee ability where he seems to have uh, some sort of precog ability to know what the play is going to be, and then uh, right. is excellent, right. excellent. Um, in, in the same way that Sean Lee was, is excellent at uh, getting through trash and finding his way through bodies to make plays. Um, you know, I think he... Again, we're calling him a safety, but uh, it's it's a catch-all position. I mean, I think, to me, he is a an overhang defender, a box, an alley defender, a, a box player. I mean, you could probably put him back there and let him do a little bit of stuff in the back end, uh, you know, on a snap-by-snap basis. I wouldn't keep him there so consistently. I wouldn't, you know... Put, put him back there as uh, in his role, like, full-time. Uh, but I, I think, you know, again, incredibly extinctu- instinctual. And though he's not, uh, you know, a sprinter, he is extremely agile and can get around him. His three-cone kind of proved that, he, which I think shows you some of his... Uh, uh, flexibility as well. He he's he's a big guy, but he's able to get around tight spaces and, like I said, find ways to get through. He's a, uh, when he's blitzing, he's able to get through uh, spots and and find his way to the quarterback. He's an excellent blitzer. Um, I just think that he's a guy who gives you another smart overhang defender in the box who can uh, create plays. Yeah, yeah, he's not he's not a sprinter, but you've already got. Two extremely fast linebackers, uh, uh, some fast defensive linemen. You've got speed all over this defense. You can afford to probably have a a less than average uh, speed guy at your overhang defender, especially when he is uh, so advanced in in processing and seeing things that really you're not even going to notice that speed difference.
1: I love that you mentioned the linebackers in comparison, or not in comparison, in conjunction with Taylor Rapp because I think that makes a lot of sense. You can afford to have a guy that runs in the 4.7s if you've got linebackers at 255, 260 pounds that run in the 4.5. So I just think Rapp, if the Cowboys were happen to get Rapp, It just gives you so many different options for the way you can play defense. If you want to have a bigger body as your strong safety, you can play a George Iloka. If you want a guy to play more against spread teams, I think Rap makes a lot of sense there. You can just do a lot of different things. And with Rap's intelligence, I know Chris Peterson called him the smartest player he's ever coached. I just think that works so well in the Cowboys scheme. So it's easy to fall in love with Rap. He just doesn't make very many mistakes. Is there a lot of Flashy plays, not necessarily, but they're just—you don't see him get beat very often. And I just think in the NFL, may not, may never make a Pro Bowl, but he could be a you know above-average starter I, for eight to ten. I years. think he
0: you, he comes in and he gives you Barry Church plus-level production for like eight years, Great. ten years, perfect. You know what I'm saying? And for an Love end it. of the second-round yep. pick, even though Barry was an undrafted free agent, that was a steal. Like, I mean, that was an incredible find for the Cowboys. But I think he could probably be a little bit better than Barry Church because I think he will will make some plays because, you know, again, he's constantly around the ball, you know, and and the ball finds him. uh, You know, maybe not necessarily interceptions, but that stuff will happen too. Uh, And I think, you know, he he can give you that solid, you know, starter-plus production for almost a decade.
1: So I would say, like almost the floor is Barry Church, and maybe the ceiling is what Patrick Chung. Is that fair?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he's. I mean, I think he could potentially be better than Patrick Chung. I mean, if we're talking about potential ceilings, he could he could be better. I just yes, but I think that Barry Church is kind of the that's the track of player that we're talking about for sure.
1: Right, and I'm fine with that, especially at 58. Uh, no, I mean normally you're looking for the Cowboys will take some chances here I just want a solid guy that can come in and give you snaps right away and I, I, I think Rapp just fits into what like Jason Garrett and Will McClay are looking for so he's a great name um, <laughs> my next guy is very very different than uh, Taylor Rapp and that's Jerry Tillery from Notre Dame the defensive lineman uh, if you hmm. are going by a guy that just has all the talent in the world uh, that's Jerry Tillery. Almost six foot, or six foot six and a half, two hundred ninety-five pounds, uh, thirty-four inch arms. Ran a four-nine-three with a uh, a three cone of seven-four-five, which is pretty good for uh, for a guy of his size. Man, you watched the Stanford game, huh. and I'm not sure I've ever seen a better Never. game for uh, an, an interior defensive lineman. Just just destroyed Stanford's offensive line. Uh, he needs some coaching. He needs a strong locker room. But, man, I, I think Jerry Tillery has, like, Chris Jones plus potential in the NFL. Uh, and, you know, if you're picking outside of the first round, you know, picks 35 through 45, uh, that's a guy that I would 100% gamble on.
0: Yeah, he's a fantastic player. I mean, <clears throat> if he were to fall even close to the Cowboys' um, uh, you know, range, I, I think the Cowboys should consider... Thinking about moving up if they like him. If they, I don't know how much they've looked into him, but I, you know, <laughs> this guy is n- something else, man. I mean, his explosion, his length. I mean, I think PFF rated him as like uh, this with the second highest pat- PRP pass rushing production yeah. grade in, uh, of all in any of these interior defensive linemen that are here. Um, so I, I think uh, it's. Not surprising uh, that, that you're a fan of his. I think what is surprising is the, you know, the amount of hand wringing going on for a player this ta- this this talented. I mean, clearly the idea of him being in, not necessarily all in on football is is prevalent in the NFL. If this guy, with this kind of level of athleticism and talent and tape, uh, doesn't show up in the, doesn't. You know, show up up high on drafts. If he falls, uh, I, I mean, I'm really interested to hear exactly what the concerns were with some of these NFL teams because uh, his uh, his talent warrants much higher draft grade than what we've seen him going at at uh, different points.
1: Uh, yeah, if he if the, if the NFL had no questions about his off the field stuff, and from what we've heard, it's nothing major. It's nothing like um, it, there's no arrest or anything like that, right? It's all. More with the personality kind of thing, you know, how much does he love football? Is he going to be hundred percent committed? But if there was no questions like that, I think you're looking at a potentially top 10, 12 pick because that's what kind of talent he has.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I mean, he's. I think he. he the outside of Quinton Williams. I mean, he, I think him and Ed Oliver are neck and neck as far as best interior pass rushing defensive lineman. And th- right. we're talking about those other two guys are going top ten. Absolutely. All right, Lana give us your final player. My final guy on here is Daryl Henderson. I, I mean, it's first so of all, <laughs> it's, it's 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 it's. I mean, first of all, it's just fun to watch Memphis. I, I, their offense oh, is just yeah. so much. They they use, you know, power and zone and and gap and this, they just run so many different schemes so effortlessly, and it's just fun to watch. But Henderson is just. I mean dynamite, like it's just crazy, like he gets a little bit of a runway, and that dude's gone I mean it's he's incredibly shifty I mean, I think he's probably the shiftiest guy in this draft as far as i I've, I've seen uh, you know he's he's because he's able to you know some guys do a lot of these moves and it's kind of just like dancing and it's like you know Andy Isabella like you know. Uh, i see like seen people talk about Eddie Isabella at Senior Bowl practices and, like, just kind of doing 100 different moves before his release. And it's like, is that actually NFL, you know, useful? Because you know, in the NFL, you're right. not going to get the opportunity to do that off the line. Henderson does this kind of thing in his, like, in his – Ball carrying running. Like he does these, he strings together these moves, except he has like a plan and his curvy linear speed is so good that he's moving forward while he's doing all these moves. He's not just like standing in place and like hopping. Like he's doing moves while he's advancing. And um, it's really difficult to get a. a, a, a a beat on. I think it makes it difficult to attack uh, to, to to tackle him. And I also think that it it's just off putting because it's, you you see this guy kind of making moves as he's advancing, and I think it just makes defenders second guess all their angles and and really just kind of uh, uh, you know collect themselves. And as soon as they kind of take their foot off the gas, uh, he 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 accelerates. He's just really 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 fun to watch. He's got great balance. Um, I, you know there are some concerns. He, he runs a little bit upright at time. I do worry that he, he was going to take a lot of contact. Um, and he, he didn't, from what I saw, run a ton of routes. I have no doubts that he could be a great receiver because if he is, if he could just catch the ball a little bit, he's going to be deadly in space. But I didn't see a ton of it. So um, what I did see of him though is a lot of fun. Like it's just fun to watch this guy carry the ball.
1: Yeah, you know my thoughts on running backs in general, where I, for the most part, wouldn't draft them in the top 100.
0: You I think Henderson's one of the- a life preserver if they were drowning. That's how you feel about running backs. <laughs>
1: well, the pe- you're probably right. Um, <laughs> Henderson's one of the guys that I think definitely breaks that rule. And for the Cowboys, man, if they're going to draft the running back, I would much prefer them to draft Henderson at 58 rather than, like, Damian Harris at 90 or Travion Williams at 90 because – I think Henderson's the real deal. I mean, you can watch him in games beat teams with speed. He can beat guys in the corner. I've seen him run over some, some linebackers some safeties because he has a lot of power in his lower be- legs despite not having a ton of size. Uh, I, I think he does a good job of getting yards after contact. I love him. I, I really think he is a the, by far the best running back in the class, and I think he's going to be a really good player in the NFL. I think he's kind of in that Devontae Freeman yeah. role where – You might not want to give him 25 carries a game, but, you know, 16 to 18 rushes and two or three receptions a game, and I think he can be a home run hitter. All right, finishing up, uh, my final player that I love to watch, and we actually haven't talked about him a lot on this show, so that's okay, uh, is Byron Murphy, the cornerback from Washington. Uh, I watched, obviously, a lot of Washington this year with trying to watch some Taylor Rapp, and Murphy was a guy that just jumped off the film all the time. Uh, just super physical, super tough and competitive. Uh, you like that he can play special teams. He was actually Washington's gunner this year. Uh, not overly big, about 5'11, 190 pounds. Uh, might not have the greatest athleticism, ran a 4.55, but those instincts are super good. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Asante Samuel, like when he was in New England. If you make a mistake and throw a ball late, or you telegraph a throw, Murphy's going to be there, uh, and it, it, he's going to he's going to make you pay. Um, I, I just loved his film a lot. Doesn't have a lot of experience, only 20 career games. Uh, a really young player at just 21 years old. But for me, I think he's a top cornerback in this class, and I'd have no problem picking him inside the top 20. Uh, have you got
0: a chance to watch Murphy at all? I've watched a little bit of him, and I, I think uh, just because yeah, you know, I heard so much about him, but you know, having watched him, you know, I didn't watch a ton because very early on it was clear he's not a fit for this team. Um, but I, I think he is a yeah, I, I, if I had a purely off-coverage team, um, like I would I would love this kid. I, I, I think he's so instinctual and just very, it's it's, it's his game is so skill set based and I love that. Uh, and and right. I think yeah, he, he, he seemed like a, the kind of guy that in a in a different system, I would be all over. Uh, he just wasn't necessarily a guy. I think that Richard's going to be interested in, but I, I think he has. He looked like he has incredible talent.
1: You're right. He's, one, you're right. he's not a guy that Chris Rashard would be interested in, but there's going to be some zone heavy teams that'll consider him in the first round, and I think they're yeah. going to get, you know, potentially a Pro Bowl corner. So that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Tomorrow we will answer your Twitter questions. So go ahead and start sending those in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Cowboys, And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time.